Good morning. It's good to see all of you on uh, this fine 2023 morning. It's going to take me a little bit to get used to that, but I really just want to dig right into this. So let me pray and, and we'll dive right in. Lord, you are good. Um, help us to just put away any distractions that we might have in our hearts and our minds and um, be ready to receive your word and, and be shaped by it uh, to be moved by you and, and move in the direction that you call us to. Amen. So this morning, we're going to be in Psalm 32, and we're going to be talking about confession. Uh, we'll take a look at what life with unconfessed sin can look like, and what changes once we do confess. And with that, let's, let's just dive right in. So Psalm 32, we're going to be looking at the first two verses here real quick. Um, I'll be reading from the CSB version today. So verse 1 says, How joyful is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How joyful is a person whom the Lord does not charge with iniquity and in whose spirit is no deceit. So the psalmist here, David, he starts us off by talking about the joy of, of being forgiven. And that's really where we're going with this today. Confession is the means by which we experience the joy of being forgiven. Uh, confession, it's a, a path out of a domain of darkness and into a land of light. It's a, it's a gate from despair to celebration. If you don't know that joy, my hope is that you would. Now, if, if you know God, if you, if you have placed your faith in, in Jesus, then you have felt that before. And, and my hope is that you would come back to that time and time again and dwell on that. And that you would let that shape the way you live your life. And so if the means of this joy is confession, what, what is that confession? What does it look like? And why do we do it? So to put it simply, confession is a recognition of our sin for what it is, admitting to God what we've done against him. The psalm starts with, with a celebration of, of being forgiven um, through this confession, but it quickly turns to a different perspective. While in confession there is there's much joy, without confession life, life can look a lot darker. So if we look at verse 3, it says, When I kept silent, my bones became brittle from groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was drained as in the summer's heat. When we remain silent, when we keep our sin to ourselves, when it, when it stays unconfessed, we end up in uh, David's position like he described here. Now, if you're like me, you might read this psalm or others like it where David is talking about this uh, just really, really terrible place to be. And you see, like, this is beautiful poetry, and this is a really vivid picture of, of a really terrible time to go through. But to be honest, when I read it, oftentimes I think, like, is this a little overdramatic, or, or is this just something I haven't felt before? Like, this is, this is really dark, and, and I, I think that the reason I think that is because we just don't talk about our problems that way. When we're talking with others, we might be really 
um, blunt and honest about the positive things in our lives, but very rarely are we so honest about the, the negative things in our lives. And so it's easy to, to push aside when we're feeling down until we're by ourselves in isolation and, and feeling the weight of that. And that's what David's talking about here. And I can relate to that. I, I, I've gone through a time where it felt like even my body was exhausted from, from the stress, the worry, the, the guilt, and the shame that I was holding on to. And for me, just like for David, it happened when I kept silent. So here's the story. I was in a spot about four years ago. Um, basically, finances weren't working out for my college education. That in of itself, really not a big deal, right? The problem was that I kept silent. I was embarrassed about the position I was in. So my solution was to lie. I, I wasn't willing to admit to anyone what was happening, so I didn't. And, and these lies, um, they were like this, this python off in the distance. And every lie I told, the python was coming closer to me. And instead of seeking out help that I obviously needed, I just listened to these, these whispers that were telling me that I could figure this out myself, that I was the only one who could figure this out. And yet, even, even believing these lies that I was the one with the power to change the situation, I didn't really do anything. Um, sin clouds our judgment so much. When we, when, we, when we do wrong, it clouds our judgment so much that we start to make some really bad decisions. And while I sat there almost motionless, the rest of the world didn't. And so things like rent came up and... I had no way to pay them. Why did I have no way to pay it? Because in trying to keep up the appearance as a student, I told people that I was working in a dining hall because that seemed like a very student job. But I wasn't working in a dining hall, and I felt like I couldn't get a different job because then it would reveal that I was lying about that or I would have to come up with a story about why I would quit that job and get a different one or I'd have to figure out time when uh, I wasn't in class, even though I wasn't in class at all. And it, it was, it, it was the series of, of, of lie after lie after lie, and, and the this, this snake was wrapping itself around me. Um, the, the guilt, the shame, my own uh, lies, my own sin. And in response to that, I desperately asked for help from friends, family, um, and they helped. Um, I received money to help pay for rent and bills, and getting help is good. That is a good thing. What's not good is not being honest about why you really are asking for that help. What's not good is lying to the people that are giving you aid. I felt like I couldn't afford my, my lies, my sin, my scandalous behavior to be seen by anyone around me. The reality was I couldn't afford it for, I couldn't afford for it to not be seen. But I kept it a secret. And so the, the deeper in debt I got, the more lies I told, the longer I kept this up for, the tighter that, that snake got around me. It was just more reason to stay silent. I would tell little half-truths, 
quarter truths, whatever amount of truth you want to say. Sometimes because I got caught in one, I had to you know, say, well, yeah, that one was a lie, and I'm sorry, but the, the rest of it is true. Other times, I felt like if I told a little bit of the truth, it was a step in the right direction. It would lead me to tell the rest. But the reality, it just wasn't true confession. I was just going through the motions. I was keeping up my appearance, what I thought people needed to see, what I thought people needed to hear. But it was just foolish decision after foolish decision. My judgment was so clouded. I mean, things got so ridiculous that I, at one point, I, I had like a, a picture of what could be a schedule, and I edited the picture to make it look like I was actually enrolled in school. Like, the, the, at what point does doctoring a photo become a more reasonable thing to do than get a job? <laughs> it doesn't work. It, does, it doesn't make any sense. I, my sin was making me act irrationally and certainly immorally. I was being strangled by my sin. This went on for over a year. Like I said, I would go through the motions in public, and then I would go be alone, and it would hit me. And that's where I can relate to what David says. Um, My bones became brittle. My hope was fading away. It was like this light in the distance that maybe was home, but I was in the dark forest, and I just turned the other way and kept walking. And I needed a way out, and that way out was confession. And David recognized that too. Uh, If we look back to the psalm in verse 5. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not conceal my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. David is telling of a time when he confessed. He's acknowledging his wrongdoing to God. And what is God's response to that? Forgiveness. That's the way his heart is is bent toward. And that forgiveness offers abundant joy. Uh, my, My story parallels David's again here. So, um, like I said, there were times throughout the year where I would, would say little pieces of what was going on in my life, but it, it, there was never a full, true confession until one day when there was. Um, and it was an ugly prayer. But I, I confessed it. I, I acknowledged my sin to God. I came to him desperately. And he forgives Now, the reality for me was that my, much of my sin was against other people as well. And so that meant I had to come to them and confess to them and make that known. And so God gave me, gave me that strength that in that moment, because I knew at this point I clearly wasn't cut out for fixing this, but God was. And so in that moment, I, I put myself on the hook. I literally sent a text to one of the elders saying, I need to talk to someone soon about something serious. It has to happen. And I did. And throughout that next week or so, um, met with a lot of people one-on-one. And I confessed to them too. And these are people that I lied to, right? People that maybe had, had given me money that... <laughs> I really didn't tell them the whole situation of why I was taking it. 
That's not a comfortable position to be in. But what I got in response to that was the heart of Christ. I think it was every single person that I had a conversation with. Maybe it was just most of them, but I think it was every single person. The thing that they led with after I looked them in the eye and I told you I've been lying to you and they're feeling the pain that I caused them. Their first reaction to that was I forgive you. That shook me. That, that, that changed the way I was thinking about things because, well, I wasn't going into these conversations saying, all right, I give you a confession, you give me forgiveness, we're good. Like, that's how this transaction works. No, no, no. I wasn't going in there even expecting or asking for forgiveness. That wasn't my goal. My goal was simply to confess. That was the beginning and end because it needed to be done. Um, we are made for confession. And yet God forgives That's the heart of God. That's how he responds to a sincere confession. He knows every single thing that you've ever done, whether it's good or bad. He's in pain when you go against what he's called you to because he knows it's better. And he forgives. If you haven't had an experience like this, please seek it out. Find what, big or small. I think it's better if it's big even. Confess to someone and hear the words, I forgive you. Because that will show you God's heart. And how much more has he forgiven us for? Each person I told this story to made it easier and easier and easier for me to tell this story because what was happening was that, that, that python I talked about that was wrapped around me, it lost its power. That, that shame, that guilt that was, that was trapping me, not only was it no longer wrapped around me, not only was it no longer strangling me, I forgot about it. It wasn't even on my radar anymore. And, and to this day, that gives me, this gives me a certain joy that I really, I struggle to find the right words to express. Like, I've been trying for the past however long I've been talking here. It's, it's hard to even find the right words for it. David gives it a try, so I'm going to let him do the talking. Uh, verse 6 here. Therefore, let everyone who is faithful... Pray to you immediately. When great floodwaters come, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with joyful shouts of deliverance. A quick uh, note on that word immediately. If you're following along and you have a different translation, it might say, while you may be found, at a time of finding, at a time when you may be found, the idea here is that God is available to you. And the best time to confess is now. Believe me, believe David, as we say, it just gets harder. Um, life gets harder. The times get darker. Sin becomes more serious. So don't wait. Pray immediately. God will forgive you, and even more than that, he'll protect you. What does that mean? Well, why do we confess our sins? It's because we trust God. We trust his forgiveness. We trust his power. The joy of being forgiven lies in the truth that God is more powerful than whatever 
shame we're holding on to, whatever sin we've committed. He carried our sins, our guilt, our shame to the cross. And when he died, so did they. And when he rose to life, they didn't. When he forgives, it's final. There's nothing more to hold on to. So we can go out of this, this, this place of desperate hopelessness and go into this secure, safe place. A place surrounded by joyful shouts of deliverance. A place where no floods can reach us, where no armies can come against us, where no earthquake can tear it down. And, and those joyful shouts of deliverance, I think of those I forgive you's that I heard as exactly that. I mean, to, to this day, I, I can think back to those conversations and it's just really an overwhelming joy and, and peace that it fills me with. And that was a hard conversation, right? It wasn't a comfortable place to be. But to hear I forgive you when you don't deserve it, when you did something wrong, That's joy. And they remind me that I've been rescued from the prison of my own failures to a place where I'm cared for in spite of them. And so I share all these like kind of gory details of my past because I know that many, most, all of you have your own. The things that you don't want anyone to know. The things that you pretend don't exist when you're around others and then the weight of them crushes you when you're alone. Whatever guilt you hold on to, whatever you're scared to admit, whatever darkness you hide in, if there is anything that you shove aside until you're alone, it has no power over you because God has power over it. It's not because you have power over it. Listen, I got myself into bad situations. David got himself into bad situations. But God has the power. Don't lose sight of the fact that God is the main character in this story. For my story, for David's story, for your story. And David, having gone through his own failures, his, his, his own um, shameful past, he says, I know, I know what that is. And so I long for you to follow God instead, because it's better. He knows that joy. Uh, Look with me at verse 8. I will instruct you and show you the way to go. With my eye on you, I will give counsel. Do not be like a horse or mule without understanding that must be controlled with bit and bridle, or else it will not come near you. David tells us that to follow anyone but God is to be a mule. Don't be a mule! Don't be, don't be stubborn. Uh, don't, yeah. God has, has power to, to shape your life whatever way he wants. He can control you with bit and bridle. Just follow him freely. It's better. It's better to know him. It's better to, to listen to what he, he says, to, to follow his commands. And it's better to confess when we don't. To turn away from that darkness as soon as we recognize it. And come back to him. And he will forgive.
we're made to follow God, and we're made to confess when we fail to. We're made to live in light, and confession is this, this path from dark to light. Uh, first, John does a good job of connecting this idea of light and darkness with confession. Uh, so in First John chapter 1, verses 5 through 9, it says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light, and there's absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him, and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and are not practicing the truth. If we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Forgiveness comes from the God who is light, from the God who died in our place. If we want to be in that light, we confess our sins. And he brings us to him. And through that confession, we experience the joy of being forgiven the joy of God's faithful love surrounding us. And that forgiveness is grace. It's not, it's not deserved somehow. It's not some transaction of I confess and, and you forgive, like I said before. It's totally free. It is God's heart. Uh, David recognizes this. He ends the psalm the same way he began it, by celebrating that joy. Last two verses here, verse 10 Many pains come to the wicked, but the one who trusts in the Lord will have faithful love surrounding him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Where wickedness pulls us away from God, we can be 100% confident that coming to God in confession leads to him forgiving us. It brings us back to him. We can trust that his response is always grace. Confession is the means, right, not the cause. The cause of God's forgiveness is God forgiving. That's the beginning and end of it. It's free, and and his forgiveness offers us a righteousness along to it. When, When David talks about you righteous ones, you upright in heart, he's talking about the ones who have been forgiven. Because God's forgiveness uh, offers us righteousness along with it, his righteousness. And, and his forgiveness is so sweet to experience. And, and we can see little glimpses of it as we, as we are forgiven by others, as we forgive others. But, but the, the amount of forgiveness that he has forgiven us with, is, it's massive. And, and the joy that that brings is massive. The joy of being forgiven is trusting God to blot out our sin and to bring us to live with him in his kingdom of light forever. That should lead us to where David ends this psalm. I just want to read it one more time and and we'll close. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart.
Let me pray. God, you are good. You are loving. You are forgiving. Help us to dwell on that. Help us to recognize that and to live our lives in light of that. God, I pray that we would be, we would feel the freedom to confess our sins to you. We'd feel the freedom to confess them to others, to encourage each other in doing that, and that we would forgive each other when we wrong each other. Lord, help us to see that you have forgiven us through the cross and to just dwell on that love that you've shown us. Amen.